Welcome to the Medicinity Podcast. I'm Imogen, a 17-year-old A-level student, here to bring you the best people with knowledge and insight on how to get into med school, how to become a doctor, and to help you decide whether a career in and around medicine is for you. I'm here today with a very special guest, Adana Anonese Collins, who is an F1 doctor who just graduated from Cardiff Med School and came second in the Future Leaders magazine recently as well. Welcome to the Medicinity Podcast, Adana. It's great to have you on here. Thank you for having me. It's really, it's really nice to have you. And so just for a little uh, introduction for anyone listening, Adana and I met at the Somex Health Tech Talks and we recently met up last Wednesday from, from this recording. And so just to start off with, a very common medical interview question is always, why do you want to study medicine? But now you've gone through it, you have studied medicine, why do you still choose to pursue a career in medicine and what makes you get out of bed every morning? For me is that I genuinely care. I care about patients. Um, also, I'm far. I'm so far in now. I studied for six years and I just want to use that knowledge to um, treat patients. And that's what really keeps me going. And that that's brought up a lot about people kind of wanting to... Um, help others and make it make a change and so was that the same reason why you went into medicine in the first place or were there other other reasons why you initially went into it um for me it was that I like I genuinely cared about people and I was good with people um I had the grades so I just went for it um and I'll say I guess that's what's keeping me as I said going um yeah, I know that there are other options which are better paying, such as banking. But for me, I just felt like medicine, especially the younger me, medicine was the place to be. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's such a kind of person to person career and you wouldn't get that necessarily back with banking as an example. So, yeah, it's definitely a way to show show you can. So you've just graduated. Congratulations. Now officially a doctor, but you were at Cardiff Medical School before. So how did you find life in Cardiff? So overall, Cardiff was great. So I did six years there. Um, at first it was hard because I'm from London. I'd been in London my whole life. So it was a big move. However, um, I settled in, I found friends there, um, had amazing opportunities. And also a great thing was that the rent was so much cheaper than, yeah, so much cheaper than London. Things were cheaper. Um, so that was nice. Yeah, I've heard it was one of the cheapest places to live in the whole of the UK. So that's a that's a big tick box, I think. No, definitely. And for anyone looking to leave London, like Cardiff is um, a place I'd um, definitely recommend. Um, how did I find Cardiff? I would say, yeah, it was just a lot of learning, a lot of growth. Um I had really good placements. I met amazing people who, you know, I'm still close to now. Um, I was really lucky, um, had great personal tutor as well. Um, yeah, so I'm just, I look back and yeah, I'm happy I went there. Okay, that's that's good. You sounded a little bit not really sure about it, but with, so that was kind of based around the academic side. Did you get involved in any societies or clubs and go and see any events around Cardiff? yeah so I was involved in something like every year <laughs> so um for example in my final year um I was a vice president of the MedSoc um so that was really good for getting to um just organize um events social events academic events um 
even some welfare events. Um, I did a lot of teaching during my time at Cardiff University as well. Um, and I was also involved in the med talk earlier on in my medical school journey as well. Um, and I enjoyed it so much that I came back. Um, what else did I do? I, um, last academic year, I was a treasurer for the students for global health. Um, and that was um, really fun as well. You know, um, even though treasure, the treasurer focuses on finance, um, you can also get involved in other aspects of societies of the society. So, for example, um, I ran an event in an event in collaboration with MedSoc and the Cardiff Student Action for Refugees about raising awareness on refugee health. So, yeah, that was something that was um, very exciting. Um, and th that's just a few. I could go on talking for a long while about societies and things at Cardiff. Well, that's really good to hear. It's good that you did get involved in other things because some people, well, actually most people mention how it's so easy to just be all about medicine, about the content and the curriculum. So it's nice that you had other things to do. And it's a nice example to show people like you can do other things at the same time as medicine. And so did you find, because I've, I've spoken to other people about Cardiff and they found it was quite hard to get involved with societies when your placements are all over Wales. So did you find that affect anything like that at all? Or was it okay? You just had to get get around it, really. So in your early years, um, in your first and second year of med school, you're not placed away, usually. Um, so it's there's no there's no issues in that in that sense however once you get to third fourth fifth year that's when you start to be placed away but usually it's um like one or two placements that are away unless you choose to have all of them away so um yeah I, I felt it wasn't an issue especially when COVID came around as well because things ended up being virtual um and then when I was in Cardiff on the when I did have placements in Cardiff then I could be there in person yeah yeah okay that makes sense a lot of people do talk about COVID and I kind of forget this happened I've tried to remove it from my mind and not think about it too much but yeah I suppose if everything was virtual it wasn't too much of a problem and so now you are officially a doctor so what is an FY1? So an FY1 is a foundation year one doctor so after you graduate from medical school you have to do two foundation years before you can even go into specialty training so I'm in um, year one. Yeah brilliant thank you and so now that you are an F1 what kind of rotations have you done because as, as I as far as I know you kind of do rotations and different specialities to understand what different things are like. Yes, and I love that you can like also pick and if you're lucky, um, you get what you want and I got what I wanted. Um, so my first rotation was psychiatry in um, a men's ward actually. Um, so that was really interesting. Um, and I had no one calls. I had my weekends to myself. Um, I'm not sure that's too common. And then now I'm currently on um, colorectal surgery. And of course I do have on calls in surgery. Um, yeah. And it's it's been it's been okay so far. Definitely a, a big change, <laughs> psychiatry versus colorectal surgery. But um, the F one to I'm with are really nice, so that does help. Um, on calls can be challenging, but um, my team like their start their their staffing levels are, are pretty decent. I think they've they've changed, so that does help. Okay, yeah, they they are very two very different specialties. Those two, colorectal and psychiatry. And so, when you're on call, how is that different to a normal day in hospital? So, when you're on call, 
um, at least at my hospital, it's emergency, it's usually emergency general surgery on call, or you may even have a urology on call. However, on a normal working day, I'm, you know, with the colorectal team. Um, and as sometimes throughout the week as well, you can get to know the patients who've been there for a few days. But then with um, an on-call shift, you may find yourself going down to the emergency department. Um, you definitely get a lot more steps in, walking around, um, covering um, different different aspects. So different subspecialties within surgery. Um, so it's, it's usually busier. So you've got to be a bit more alert and as you say, on your feet. And so with those two, I know you've only done two so far, but do you have an idea of what you want to do in the future? Um... I say I have I have an idea, but um I'm I say I'm still ex exploring keen to learn more. But if I had to pick one medical specialty to go into after F two, right now it would be GP. Okay, yeah, and why is that? So that's because I like that. Um, so. If, I had a very good experience on my MGP placements in Cardiff. Um, and to be fair, I do have a lot of GP in F2, so that will help me like fully decide. And maybe I could talk about that um, later because I'm actually on a pilot program. But um, with GP, yeah, I like that it's broad. Um, you cover a variety of things. You get to know your patients. Um, I like the idea of working in the practice um, and getting to know my patients. Um, what else? I would say it's also it's also the fact that GPs um you know can have portfolio careers quite easily because I have interests in other things as well. So I like the idea. I, I wouldn't want to be a GP full time. I'd want to do other things as well. And on top of that, after GP training, I could also go on to do other things. Um, you know, GPs do extra things, um, such as, you know, learning how to do minor surgery or going into like occupational medicine or obs and gynae. So I, I really like that it's broad. Literally, the episode that's going out this week is a, a portfolio GP or a GP with a portfolio career. And the, all the things she's done is so cool. And the fact you can go off and do other things while also still practicing and I think it's nice to have the flexibility and as you said the kind of continuity of care that kind of keyword that you see your patients consistently rather than once and then never see them again sort of thing so yeah it's definitely a much more relational specialty I'd say compared to the others definitely definitely and we'll see how I feel by the end of F2 because I mentioned I'm on a pilot program um so I'm doing two days a week in GP for the whole of my F2 and then the okay. rest of the time in hospital. So I think by the end of the year, I should be, should have decided. Wow. Okay. So yeah, you've definitely got a lot of time to see the highs and lows and see if it's really for you. So that's, that's really, really great. And as I mentioned at the start, so I first um, saw you at the SOMEX, SOMEX event a few, a few months ago. And another thing that you do that we, we kind of discussed a little bit was your role within the BMA. And so what did you get involved with? What was your role within that? Um, so I was involved with the BMA for several years. So I'll just take you through my journey, actually. So I started off as a year representative, first year representative on the Wales Medical Students Committee, um, which I really enjoyed. And I heard about the Medical Students Conference, which was an annual event that they held in London, where people came and um, medical schools put forward motions so essentially their proposals for change um, and things that they feel should be within the BMA's um, policy right 
Um, so I really enjoyed the debates um, and I joined um, the, I ran to join the agenda committee. So that's the committee that organizes the conference. So I did that in second year. Um, and then by third year, I was chair of the conference. Um, and that was a really good role um, for building leadership skills. Um, in fact, all of my BMA roles, just meeting people from other medical schools. And by being a chair of the conference, essentially, I was, um, you know, took a lead on writing the policy, the medical students BMA policy. And that also fed into the organization's overall like policy as well. Um, I also automatically became a member of the executive subcommittee of the medical students committee. So um, just being able to have a say on issues within uh, medical education, healthcare, it was really, it was a really good opportunity and I enjoyed it so much. And then I stayed on as well to advise the chair who came after me. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. Wow. You've done a lot of things for them then. That's, that sounds really great. And as you said, leadership skills, you know, being the chair of, of the conference must have been must have been a great 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 opportunity and I, I didn't know you did all of that stuff so there's there's lots to talk about there and so with the BMA as as you've kind of mentioned there it's about well kind of getting students together um sort of and but then also would you say it's kind of trying to promote change like what what is the aim of the BMA sort of thing so first of all the BMA is a trade union um so it's kind of like I know in other careers like they may have something like unison but we have we as doctors and medical students have the BMA um and what they do is essentially they they do they do so many things um and I don't even know where to start but I think the area that interests me most is the fact that they advocate for the good of medical students and doctors. So when I say advocate, that's like publicly um, speaking on behalf of us. They represent us on a variety of topics. Um, so, for example, when there's, um, you know, for example, there's um, pay issues now. Um, I'm sure everybody's heard about that. They're organizing the um, they put out the ballot for the strike, for example, Um so they're a very they're an influential organization and yeah very very important in the lives of doctors I would say, um, and as an organization as well they advocate for change in healthcare. So um, there's this, there's so many things that happened over the years when I was involved with them. But um, for example, um, at the medical students conference, right, we had um, a motion um, which was calling. For for period poverty to be tackled but essentially um not everybody has access to sanitary towels and um there was a time when nhs trusts didn't all provide them right um so um that was brought forward to the conference and then it was taken to the annual representatives meeting which is a bigger event and it became the bma's policy and it's something that they fought for and now you see nhs trusts all providing sanitary towels um, so that's an example of a success. You know, they're not they're not perfect. Not everything that they want always happens. But um, I think it's nice to have an organization like that. I'm really glad you came up with an example there because I've asked people who have been representatives for the BMA before and they haven't necessarily been able to come up with an example of where change actually has occurred. So it's nice to hear an actual real life example of where the BMA have helped in a situation. And then you also said about being an advocate 
for the good of medical students. So that leads me very nicely onto my next question. And as a junior doctor, and as you said, pay cuts and pay problems at the moment that we all see on social media and in the news. So um, you don't need to say too much, but what are your kind of thoughts around junior doctor strikes, pay issues within the NHS? We're underpaid. We are underpaid and it's a big issue um, and it makes it makes other careers alluring as well. Um, there was even a time, um, there have been times when I've considered other careers because I know that there's places where I could be better paid and feel better valued as well. Um, and it's hard because of course, you know, I really care about my patients, but ultimately I want to be paid well. And, you know, our salaries haven't kept in line with inflation. Um, so yeah, it's just, <laughs> I'm just lost for words now but it's just not nice <laughs> yeah a hundred percent I think that's a, a good way of putting it because as you as you said at the start like the reason why you went into medicine is because you really do care you genuinely care and you don't want yeah. to be leaving and necessarily striking and leaving your patients and you want to care for your patients but at the same time you want to be able to actually live and put food on the table and all this this kind of stuff and so yeah, it's a good point. And about how it hasn't kept up with inflation. I was talking to someone about this the other day and how most government paid jobs are striking at the moment. And it seems none of their their pay has kept up with inflation. However, you don't necessarily need to do a six year degree to do those jobs. For example, bus drivers, very, very important. But you do not need a six year degree to do that. And it's not necessarily as much of a strain as long working hours and you can weigh up how important these different jobs are but I think it's definitely a good point to bring up like you've worked so hard and you genuinely do care about these people but you also care about yourself to 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 you know strike and yeah yeah that's basically what what I'm trying to say yeah it's just nobody like people of course people aren't striking for no reason and in the past in history strikes have brought about change and change is all we want okay change is all we want that's that's a nice big quote to put up there I love that I love that and so to kind of to kind of finish off and talk about something else you've done you were number two in the future leaders magazine so firstly why did you win that award I'm sure there's lots of different reasons but was there anything specific they put in the magazine about why they chose you to be number two so yeah so the future leaders magazine highlights um 150 of the uk's um top african caribbean um students and i remember coming when i came second place i was i was really surprised (laughs) but very happy i feel like with these things you never know because you don't know who else um they're considering for the award and yeah i was just it was an honor um but I'll say what probably made me stand out was my work with the BMA. Um, during my time with the BMA, I made positive changes. Um, I could speak to you for a long while um, about them. Um, for example, speaking up on like racial inequalities in medicine. Um, what else did I do? Within the medical students conference, establishing a fair and transparent pro- process for the selection of delegates, um, proposing motions at their annual representatives meetings. I am um, really, I really tried to make the most of my roles and just represent medical students as best as I could. And I think that shone through. Um, yeah, because 
change change was made um and just in general i just i think i i i care about people um i remember as a medical student like in my first year of like no not even just my first year throughout medical school i like knew, i knew people i was friendly and i just wanted to bring about positive change and i think and i guess that's that's what a good leader should be right <laughs> yeah definitely someone that cares yeah. and that, that really shows talking to you as well so I'm sure the people who chose everyone must have picked up on that and yeah that's a very good leadership quality so anyone listening if you get that in an interview question care about the people you're working with and just to pick up something you mentioned there about standing up for racial inequality it's not something I've really brought up on the podcast because um it's not necessarily a sensitive matter but I feel I'm not necessarily the best person to talk about it but as as you mentioned it, I'm going to bring it up. So do you feel now you're also an F1, do you think that there is quite obvious racial discrimination in the medical field or maybe when interacting with patients? Yeah, there's racial inequality is a big issue within medicine, um, not just within the profession and um, amongst doctors um, and, you know, pay gaps, pay differences. And it also shows in like health disparities um, as well. So I think racial inequality in medicine is a very big um, topic. Um, in terms of um, like what I've seen at work recently, um, I think I'm, I'm still new in my job. So um, I'll probably need some more time, but I could probably talk about more about maybe racial inequalities um, amongst in, in medical schools as well. Um, so like research has shown that, um, you know, differential attainment is a big issue within medical schools. Um, I remember, um, when I was involved with the BMA, we held a round table, the Equality Human Rights Commission, where medical students came and spoke about the difficulties they'd faced, um, in medical school. Um, and it was clear that, you know, students of ethnic minorities have been treated differently, um, because of their race um, and you know grades aren't always as good um, they may have different experiences on placement and often like racism can be um, subtle but it's very important for people to you know recognize it's it's an issue and I do feel that things are improving um, you know the BMA released their um, charter um, um, on tackling racial harassment in medical schools which um, several medical schools across the UK have taken on board um, and I'm somebody who likes to stay optimistic about the future and people are talking about it. And I'm glad I brought it up because it was just interesting to know because you do hear about it a lot and it's just it does this actually happen or is this just do we just hear the extreme cases kind of thing but it's so there is actual research to show kind of lower attainment and I suppose you can to a certain extent get universities medical schools to change their attitudes but if you're on placement it's much harder to obviously change the population view and change how you're treated within a hospital so I can imagine it's something that's quite hard to change actually yes it's it's a big issue and um the research also shows that um ethnic minorities can have poorer outcomes when it comes to health as I mentioned so um, I'm sure you may have already heard that black women are like four to five times more likely to die in um, childbirth and there's there's stats like that and it's um, really sad to hear. Yeah it's clearly a big issue and it's good that you as part of the BMA and other people in the BMA and in other organizations are working to kind of highlight the issue so that's yeah I'm, I'm very pleased with that and so 
to finish off, what would your advice be to any aspiring medics or medical students wanting to figure out whether medicine is the right career for them? I would say definitely do work experience and um, work experience can be hard if you don't. Um, yeah, it can be hard. Um, I remember sending so many emails, but definitely send loads of emails. <laughs> send loads of emails, even ask um, GPs as well, um, because you never know. And when you're there, just ask questions. Um, tune into podcasts like this as well. Um, on LinkedIn as well. LinkedIn is a great way of seeing what people are up to um, and connecting with um, people just the way you connected with me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that would be my advice. Just try and get some work experience. And if you can't get, um, you know, in-person work experience, at least um, sign up for virtual work experience as well. I think all of the things you mentioned there is kind of about hearing from other people, asking questions, networking, finding out other people's experience to see, is this actually the right thing for me? And so, yeah, that's great. Obviously, listen to podcasts like this. So one more thing to add. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's a lot of organisations as well, um, especially more compared to when I applied to medical school, that support people, particularly from, you know, underrepresented backgrounds in getting into medical school um I can't there's 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 just so many so if you're for example for an African Caribbean student there's um Melanin Medics um which is a charity for um, African Caribbean um medical students and doctors across the country have um some opportunities um I think there's into med school um there's the aspiring medic support so there's just so many um that people can um, hopefully access that would be helpful Thank you for bringing those up there. I've heard all of those and they are, I can say at least two of them, they're really, really good. And definitely check those out if you're an aspiring medic. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been absolutely great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. That's all today from the Medicine Energy Podcast. Thank you for listening and click the follow button to hear more.